Yeah. 50 years of hip hop. 50 years of hip hop from Listener Power, KEXP. Welcome to 50 Years of Hip Hop. I'm Larry Mizell Jr. Somehow we've managed to get 30 something episodes into this podcast without dedicating any time to talking about Kanye West. 2008 marks the release of his album, 808s and Heartbreak, as well as the death of his mother. Since those days, well, since the beginning, Kanye's identity has shifted in ways that have impacted how we all talk about hip-hop, how we think about blackness, and mental health, and even the evolving conversation of art versus artist. Now, this conversation is not to platform Kanye West, as some people might want to claim, or certainly not to co-sign or validate any of the vile, hurtful stuff that he has said or done in recent times, but instead to have a necessary, overdue conversation about a figure in hip-hop and American culture who's turned decidedly toxic Joining us today are KEXP's Martin Douglas, Stas the Boss, DJ Yaddy, and the formerly Seattle-based rapper Christy Karifa Johnson, a.k.a. Do Normal. 2008 was um, when Kanye, like, okay, so Kanye is going through this period of mourning. He also just broke up with his fiance, and it's a big, big shift for him musically because his first few albums were very very different getting into 808s or heartbreaks that's when the shift happens and he starts trying new things it feels like a big marker point in his career that's why it's interesting that we're doing 2008 instead of like 2004 or even 2010 yeah these are all market times in in kanye's trajectory our lives have been affected by Kanye Omari West. We've been influenced by, um, but he's of course become one of the most controversial and reviled figures in recent years. What feelings come up when Kanye's name comes up for you? Let's start with Stas. The first feeling that comes up for me is sadness. because this is someone who I've definitely looked up to ever since he's been out okay like definitely heavily influenced by his production Um, and just to see how much his popularity has come down by things that he has said and done that I just totally don't agree with I don't know this is sadness initially Martin, how do you feel? Um, yeah, I feel very similar to to Stas. I think it's a it's a period of mourning for me because I've been following Kanye's career since the very beginning. This period where he has turned into something that doesn't represent me because. I did feel a great sense of identity with Kanye in the beginning, especially around the college dropout era. It's really sad. I I can't 
think of anything more than uh than yeah a profound sadness to see where he is now and to see him you know might as well say it be kind of a a puppet for the conservative right yeah i remember first hearing his voice on uh, the bounce on blueprint 2 and being like who is that Magazines call me a rock star. Girls call me star. Billboard pop star. Neighborhood rock star. And I'm trying to figure out if I like it or not. But it was always clear that there was something different going on with that guy. Um, Christy, I've kind of been aware of the, even the personal situation. I know that a big catalyst for kind of looking at Kanye differently, obviously, was. Um, when he, he came for your sis, who is a editor at Vogue, she very rightfully criticized his his White Lives Matter shirt he wore um, at a fashion show. If it wasn't uh, Fashion Week, he like went on to ridicule and diss her. What feelings for you come up um, when it comes to Kanye West these days? I feel just a lot of so many feelings. I feel betrayal. I feel shame because, you know, I think as somebody who is an artist and somebody who really just identified so much with Kanye as a creative, throughout his entire career, I have been somebody who fought tooth and nail for him. And I can't even think of the countless Twitter arguments and Facebook posts where I just spent hours and hours defending this man, you know, it took, you know, an extremely personal situation for me to end up on the other side. And when I ended up on the other side and I look back, everything looks different. Everything is painted a completely different color. I guess I I can just explain that Kanye had the White Lives Matter t-shirts at his fashion show that my sister attended. And she honestly very tamely and respectfully critiqued the shirts uh, and and, um, expressed why she felt like it was an inappropriate move. And um, I guess he... He saw that somehow, and he decided to, using his massively huge platform, um, post her and try to discredit and devalue all of the work that she's done in fashion, who she is as a person. And um, I think for me, something that's also really important for me to talk about why that was like so traumatic um, for me and for my family is because it was dangerous. My sister suddenly was out on a platform being um, lambasted by somebody who has an extremely large group of fans who listen to everything that they say. He was going on like far right podcasts trying to like incense like this type of anger towards her. And it was honestly very scary. So not only was it just emotionally hard, like I was, 
I was fearful also. I'll always, I will always have that special journey that I took with Kanye. Um, such a special journey, the most special relationship I've ever had with an artist. I will never be able to say that he is not a creative genius and that he didn't change my life with his artistry. But um, yeah, my relationship with him will never be the same. And I, I haven't even been able to talk about it until like this moment. So I'm still kind of figuring out how to put it into words. I feel you, Christina. And I want to thank you, too, for wanting to be a part of this conversation. One, I've always been aware of you as, as a Kanye fan and student. And I've definitely seen you in those arguments online. And I, and I feel like this is probably a position we've all been in because there was a time for me when if I hear you talking about Kanye, I feel like you're talking about me. I feel like you're talking about my people. Once upon a time, that's how it felt. And I know, number one, with you, Christy, like your connection to family is profound. To me, it's always been part of the heart of your music. So my heart kind of went out to you knowing that how much that must have hurt. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was definitely like an emotional gut punch um, in like a profound way that God, <laughs> I'm so sorry, you guys. I really have like never spoken about this. So totally understand. But yeah, it was it was really hard. Um, I feel like growing up, Kanye was like this this symbol um, of. For me, uh, the outsider and, you know, growing up, me and my sister, we moved around a lot and we were the new kid in school a lot. Um, we were often one of very few black kids in our classes. We were often very marginalized, very other, we were bullied, all of that stuff. So Kanye, was an artist that we both were so inspired by because of the fact that he really spoke for going into spaces that were not made with you in mind and shining as brightly as you could. So I can't really like separate uh, growing up and like coming into my own and being able to um, walk around in my environments with my chin up and my self-esteem intact. Um, I can't really separate that from like uh, the art that inspired me to do that. You know, Kanye West art being one of, one of probably the main fixtures. So to, to fast forward um, 15 some plus years later and you know, to be so proud of my sister for doing just that in a notoriously exclusive industry, um, especially exclusive to somebody with her identity and um, just being successful and being herself and being a voice for difference and diversity um, 
to see her do that. And then the person that I thought was like about that life become threatened um, by it. It just was like, who are you? You know what I mean? And like I said, I feel a bit of shame and guilt because this is this was not the first time Kanye has shown massage Renard, has shown anti-blackness. Um, it's not. It felt kind of like what I would imagine somebody who's like been, <laughs> somebody who like loses their faith how that feels like when you've been like, uh, uh, you know, in whatever religion, or even if you're in like a cult or something and like that epiphany moment happens and it's like, Oh my God, what the hell have I been subscribing to? Like, this is it. This is what it is like. So yeah, it's just been really confusing and hard. Thank you for, for talking about it. I, I feel like we, all identified with Kanye in terms of the outsider status, as you talked about and what that meant, because I know everybody on this call, we've all felt like that, you know, in the different settings we've been in. I just wonder if there's there's a moment you could identify where that first kind of got got shooken up. Stas, uh, does that bring anything to mind for you? What do you say? Slavery was a choice. <laughs> I think that yeah. was on uh, TMZ or something. I was, like I I know he's like he says like funny shit sometimes, but like all like, mm, what are you talking about? The make America again hat wearing meeting with Trump, like all like even if you're joking like this, this is not funny, bro. There's <laughs> not nothing to play around with. Slavery was a choice. Like come on, bro. Right. That was in 2018, he said that. He said, when you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. And that was so wild to me. And he's already, he was already pretty wild that, at that point. But I know there were a bunch of people like, yeah, you know what? I think he's right. I think that must have been a choice for black people to be in bondage and tortured and abused in every possible way for four centuries. Jumping off of ships into the Atlantic Ocean because they're scared for their lives. They'd rather die than be in, like, forced servitude. Right. It just seemed like such a profound insult to our ancestors and to the struggle that we've known that so many generations of people from the continent that we descend from uh, have have been subjected to. Yeah, that was obviously a real turning point that kept doubling down and getting him to the point that we all know him to be at these days. Martin, was there was there one in particular for you? Man, I, I think it was really gradual for me because, again, going back to context, um, Kanye was a uh, an avatar for Black self-love for a long time. I mean, I definitely saw the belief in himself in the face of all of the things he had to go through to get where he was in his career, you know, folding, folding shirts at the gap. When he put out college dropout, I was, you know, working at American Eagle Outfitters, you know, going through the, the, the heights of his career 
where everyone is talking about how arrogant he is and the idea that we all have to employ false humility to make other people feel better. I actually wrote a little essay about that in Pitchfork after one of his Grammy speeches. So, like, I've always, you know, like a lot of people on this call, defended Kanye to a degree. I think to be a fan of Kanye at one point was to defend some of his erratic behavior. Not even the notion of erratic behavior, but Black self-love in the face of white humility, which... I kind of find to be a very a very white European trait. But moving forward, you know, they're like like Stas said, he always said, you know, some some funny things, some things that make you go, hmm. But uh it was definitely around the time, you know, around 2015, 2016, when he started wearing the MAGA hat, when he started being openly supportive of Donald Trump's presidency and doubled down on it when Trump became president. Then you kind of saw him switch from radical Black self-love to, you know, defending Donald Trump, being buddy-buddy with Tucker Carlson, um, his friendship with Candace Owens, you know, and, like, really kind of being the face for this uh, really dangerous and just really gross um, blacks for Trump movement. And so, yeah, like um, it's uh, it's been a gradual thing for me over the years, but I definitely think the 2016 election was like when I was like, uh, I don't know if I can really support Kanye the way I have before. Yeah. For me, it was a, it was definitely a gradual thing that I want to say started around you know, I think it was around 2015. I don't think he really jumped into the MAGA fray until 2018, I want to say, like real officially. Yeah, because in 2015, he, he'd even tweeted in support of Hillary Clinton mm. at the time. It became clear after a while that I, I, I think it was it was fashion Kanye that did it for me. And I wasn't necessarily like anti Kanye fashion, but it was to me the first instance that I came to understand that this guy had a real, literally Eurocentric worldview where he was clearly so emotionally ruled by uh, the fact that he was not accepted by these European fashion houses and uh, by these old European men that didn't accept him as one of them. And he was just like, I'm going to show you. And I admired his drive and what he manifested in terms of getting into that world and becoming a force in that world. But I, 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 I felt like this sickness about the why, and it kind of threw me because I too had felt him to be this avatar. And it's like, we got to We got to defend Kanye. You know, we criticize him. You can't do that. And him standing for, you know, yes, I'm going to shine. I'm going to, I'm going to, persevere and uh in him calling out so many things so many uh facets of our existence that maybe hadn't totally been articulated in in hip-hop to that point 
And I want to get into more around that because I feel like that beggars the inevitable discussion about mental health. But first, we have DJ Yaddy, and we haven't had Yaddy chime in yet. So I'll just take it back with you, Yaddy. When it when it comes to a conversation like this, or when the issue or the name Kanye West comes up for you, what are, what are your feelings? What are your attachments there? Um, I mean, Kanye's a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. So it's like, it's very confusing still to this day for me because it's like, oh, I feel you, bro, you know, on the outburst and um, this is what's right and this is what you need to know that you don't know and let me expose everyone. But also it's like for the culture, you caved, you know what I'm saying? And it's like your mom is a beautiful black, your mom was a beautiful black queen that did nothing but motivate and push you as a black boy and as a black man. So, I mean, I don't really know if we can name drop, but, you know, I'm going to just say her initials, KK. I think that that destroyed him, to be honest, between that and his mother's death. It's like he just never returned back to himself as far as like the Kanye that we knew, the Kanye that was a producer that they constantly like told, oh, you're not a rapper. You can't rap or, you know, just stick to making beats, bro. You know, like this isn't a lane or a field to you, but really he was really talented. You know, so it's like my confusion is what happened to that Kanye who was grinding, who, you know, was pushing his way into um, not just the studio to make beats and produce music, but to be an artist. You know what I'm saying? As far as a rapper, like he was completely different, even his fashion and the way that he carried himself, the way that he talked, the way that he walked, you know, like he was a black man. I don't know where that man went. I do agree with Martin and I agree with Stoss, like the whole um, make America great again. Like you would rather not necessarily say go against your people or your culture when you come from someone, you know, like your mom and her ancestors have fought to get you here to be in a studio to, you know what I'm saying? Get create an opportunity for you to get her out of the hood and I, that's my confusion. Like where, like, where did he go left? Like Larry said, I think it's definitely a mental health thing. I'm not going to blame it on Zodiac signs, but I think that, you know, at that point, he's like, you know what? Like Stas said, just, you know, you, it doesn't matter what you say or do. All, all publicity is good publicity. So he ran with that. I have a lot of mixed feelings and it's like I was a huge fan of Kanye before he started doing all the the outlandish and weird stuff that we as a culture couldn't relate to. You know, like it's a choice, like slavery was a choice. Like, seriously, bro, I, I love the barefoot and grounded guy, but it's like, where where did we get lost at? Like, where did we get lost at? You've got you could you could have done all this without bashing your culture. Absolutely, Eddie. That speaks to to that moment and and I think this year in particular, 2008, I think is where we kind of saw something break inside Kanye West. It's something I super related to. Even as I started to get a little bit more alienated from his music, I didn't love Heartbreaks at first. It's still not one of my favorite moments. Whereas like Yeezus, I was like on that from the jump, right? But this was the year his mom passed. I lost my mother when I was 20 and it was a, one of the most formative uh, experiences of my life. So that how he'd centered her and, you know, speaking about her 
in all in all sorts of ways through his music. You got to know to some degree how he felt about his mother and how much she meant to him, you know, and how much her her spirit and her her history, uh, you know, arrested for participating in a sit-in at a Oklahoma City uh, lunch counter, you know, when she was a little girl. For him to end up where he got it, it to me, it I, I think that's that was the big thing. And then, as Yaddy said, his relationship with uh, Kim Kardashian and the Kardashian family. And I don't want to um, just be like the Kardashians are are the worst. They're the devil. But I will say this, and I'll tell you what was the biggest moment for me, where I was like, oh, this boy's lost, lost. When you would hear him, his voice was different. Mm-hmm. When he was on that show, his voice was different. When he went on Tim Westwood, he he started talking in this kind of voice all of a sudden. Listen, we all code switch. We all have this degree to which we know how to do that to maneuver in America. But that was so such a wild divorce from how we knew how he communicated and talked that I was like, he's mentally divorced from from who he was and and maybe he's trying to fit into a new thing maybe he's reimagining but that's where we really started to see the slip those were those are the signs for me they was that voice you know i think it's interesting because when like when i was watching the the netflix documentary that came out about him I was seeing a lot of things in that documentary that were shocking to me. Like I was seeing a lot of things about who he was as a person and what was important to him even back then that didn't match up with this idea that I had created in my head. I really think that if you look back at Kanye's career and if you really look at his music if you look at some of his music videos if you look at some of his statements even from the beginning you can see traces of these things that were all kind of like why are you anti-black why are you a misogynist like those things actually were kind of there but the goalposts move and that's that's when I think about his mental health because I feel like there is a part of Kanye that I think that like he performs in a way to get what he wants. And then when he gets what, what he wants in that environment, he's going to switch it up to get a new goal. You know, it's like he wanted acceptance in the hip hop world, in the rap world. Once he got that and he entered a world that was, was, you know, hanging out with, People in Hollywood hanging out with celebrities, hang out, hanging out with these, you know, upper crest white fashion people. The goal changed for him. Now it was acceptance in this world. And I think that's when we start seeing him pandering more to that world. I know that there were certain things that happened to his life that were horrible and tragic. But I, I do think that, like, there is some something about Kanye and who he is that has led him to this place. Absolutely. Um, do you, do you guys think that it's like that this relates to identity in, in, in some sort of way? Like I definitely agree. That's what, that's where I was trying to think. Like 
why is there always a new goal? And like, why does it always seem like he's trying to satisfy a certain crowd or whatever crowd that he either gets around or, you know, like has his eye on or, you know, like, I definitely agree with that. It's never the same goal. Acceptance is a very powerful motivator, I think. I think Kanye never really knew who he was and has been trying on a bunch of different skins over the course of his life. Because it's easy to say that the old Kanye, the radical Black self-love Kanye from the early years of his career was the real Kanye and then he switched it up. But who knows? I think that's a real good point. And and I feel like this relates to something that Christy was just saying, like we come to find out years later and probably suspected it even back then, because I didn't, as much as I enjoyed Kanye from the jump, he always had a quality to him where I was always like, you're not always in good faith here, bro. Like, I don't feel like you're totally sincere at these moments. Um, I feel like there's moments where you're using the culture or something to or you're using an audacious statement, like even say his statement uh, about George Bush doesn't care about black people. That was real. That was from the heart. But I think that was also a move. And I think that he has been driven by acceptance, by wanting power, by revenge uh, and by this kind of vacuum in his sense of self. Um, and I think that we've really, really seen manifested. And this also relates to what has eventually made him the most controversial figure. Because come to find out, I, I want to say it was around late last year when he really started to double down on this kind of post-Trump, but very virulent MAGA, I'm down with the white supremacists, anti-Semitic thing come to find out from people from sources. And I don't know who, who, how true this was. I know the truth of what he has said at this point. And that's something I can't get over. But there are people who were saying that he was on this Hitler thing, even back in the college dropout days. Yeah. I heard about that. They were like, yeah, he used to talk about Hitler a lot. And viewed in that context, I don't think that's that outrageous. I, I I feel like, yeah, I can see how he's studying the example of this person that is uh, fomenting like discontent and becoming like a demagogue. And, you know, when I entertain the idea that he's he's been a person who admired and studied the moves of Adolf Hitler since the beginnings of his career and has taken all of our hearts on this journey where we identified with him personally, when we identified him with black America, I feel like it mirrors so many other moments we have, we've had to deal with in recent years where we've looked at heroes and we've had to examine the notion of celebrity and what it's meant to us and realize that this person was never in good faith to begin with. These identities, these feelings of power, full self-love and all that, they were realizing us that's valid and it's real, but it was caught up in this person's drive for power, domination, wanting to abuse others, whatever you name it, um, that 
is is the real heartbreak. You know what I mean when it comes to Kanye that we all feel, and that was finally the ceiling he he brushed up against. It was like, yeah, you can't dance in the end zone and say these things at this point. And I feel like maybe the cult he'd created. A lot of us, when he started with the slavery as a choice stuff, we were like, oh, nah. But a whole lot of people were like, yes, and enabled him. And it kept going from there. Like, I think about a lot how when I hear him criticized for his vile, virulent, anti-Semitic, anti-woman, anti-so many things, moments that that happen at this point, there weren't as much uh, attention when he was just anti-black as hell. But I don't put that on nobody else. I put that on on us. You know what I mean? Look how look how his fashion changed. His fat his his clothing line changed. Look how even his partner started dressing. Look how he started dressing. Like when you talk about a cult, yeah, kind of kind of rings a bell. Yeah, I think I was completely and totally like manipulated by Kanye West. I would have jumped through so many hoops to justify certain things that he did or said because of the way that he's that he is able to like use his ideologies um of like freedom and like free speech and like self-expression and the way that he's able to play both sides you know like He's able to say something really incendiary, but then like, we're like, oh, but like he does love black people. Look at what he said in this song and and that song. And and it confuses people and it makes people extremely vulnerable to um, wanting to defend him because because we have put so much into him. So if we're going to denounce him, what does that mean about me? If I followed this person, you know. For, for this long and defended that person, I am now invested in defending that person, you know, because I fear what it means about myself if I realize that a lot of this stuff is is harmful. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Yadi. Stas, go ahead. As a musician, I feel like we're all like many cult leaders, like tiny, teeny tiny words. You have a following, a message, <laughs> with the leaders, but yeah, it's 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 the formula. You know, I was at the the concert. I think Christy was there too. The uh, he he was at the it was the, the key arena at the time. And it was the Pablo tour, Life of Pablo, and like jamming out all the cuts. But then, like, he stopped the show to talk about how. He was sad because he didn't get invited to Jay-Z and Beyonce's baby shower or something crazy like that. Like, <laughs> it was just like, like, where am I? Like, what's going on? Like, well, I know, like, I've been pretty well aware of uh, Kanye's struggles with a uh, bipolar disorder. And as someone who has had mental health struggles throughout my life, I will say that <laughs> Mental health does not preclude you from being a good person. Facts. The mental health conversation is so nuanced. And Christy, I think you kind of alluded to this where you were like, I don't want to start slinging around psychological terms like narcissist because now that's what we do. Right. But as Martin said, 
no matter what you're going through, like being evil and vindictive and petty and using your platform or your voice, however big or small it is, uh, the way he has, um, can't be excused by any talk of where he's been at mentally and what he's been through because we all know people we all have been through things that we we could have turned around and been like yo and i hate to invoke a totally obscure thing but i know that a couple of you have seen the movie that do normal was in recently uh fantasy a gets a mattress uh by the way christy that's one of my favorite movies of all time already <laughs> so great but I bring that up because there's a line in it that in the, the writing in that movie is so sneaky, brilliant. But there's a line in it where the guy who's kind of the villain in the movie, he says, when something bad happens to you, you don't have to be good anymore. And I was just like, yo, so many people actually believe that 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 rocked me. Um, and that's that's kind of where it's at and where people weaponize um, that grievance to to be awful. And I think the Internet and how we relate to each other incentivizes it. It gives you clout. It gives you shine. The more you do that. And I, I feel like even Kanye, like, preceded that social media world. He was already on that. You know what I mean? And I, I also want to say this conversation is probably going to spark some commentary from people who wonder why we're talking about him at all. Because... He is evil itself. So there's going to be people who are like, how dare you even talk about this guy? But to talk about Kanye West at a table full of black people, I really appreciate getting to and all of your your honesty and contributions and vulnerability to this conversation. Well, I think you made an important note in that Kanye is important to all of us or at one point in his career was important to all of us. And so for us to have this conversation is not to platform him, but to acknowledge the fact that he meant something to us at one point in our lives. And I think in the idea of quote unquote cancel culture or the idea that you know, we're, you know, someone did something really bad, so we're not going to engage with them anymore. That's fine. But to erase an entire, you know, we're, t we're talking, you know, almost 15 years worth of music that meant a lot to us. And so I think it's important to be like, we, we do not support the ideology of this person now but at one point in our lives he was tantamount to the culture we all participate in absolutely absolutely we have to examine it we have to talk about it we can't i don't agree with erasing anybody from the books because that excuses you from the conversation I think that's that's a very American thing, you know, as well as like, uh, let's just not talk about it. Let's not have truth and reconciliation like Germany did. You know what I'm saying? Where they take it seriously to this day. We're, we're, we're really good at just erasing the history, as in erasing the history of our people and our contributions. And it comes of erasing somebody who gets too 
unwieldy to to talk about anymore. Um, like like Kanye West. So I'm 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 again I'm really grateful to y'all for for wanting to break this down. You know, this conversation is an important conversation to have, and I also think it's an important thing to ask ourselves, like, you know, what accountability processes processes look like for, for leaders or for people who we felt were once leaders in our community. You know what I mean? Uh, where do we start? You know, I'm an artist and I, I love art. I'm, I feel like it's a beautiful thing to bring art in the world, but it's just art. And there are things that are more important than that. There are, you know, like there, there is, harm that can be done, in my opinion, that overshadows somebody's artistic contributions. And I think that when we speak about certain people who have done harm in our communities, and this isn't even just about Kanye, you know, this is about, you know, so many people, um, artists, leaders that have done things that are harmful to our communities. And I think we should ask ourselves, how important it really is sometimes to focus on the good when the harm is still continuously being done. That's been such a conversation for so long because we're so divorced from the leadership uh, the African-American community um, had in the civil rights moment. Um, We're obviously generations away from that and kind of like, are we still looking for that? Do we do we need that? Do we want that? Is it a sign of whatever, you know? Um, and putting that on a rapper, on an artist, on a celebrity, from the hyper local to worldwide, leads us to this place because we're not looking at them as individuals or as people. I think it was really important, and I, again, I can't thank you enough, Christy, for sharing that because that connection to the personal. And what that means takes it out of an abstract realm. So I'm hoping that somebody hears this and understands harm in real world and uh, in the most personal um, uh, context you can just about think about. Um, yeah, I, I hope it's helpful, even though it's it's a it's a it's a hurting thing. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, me too. Me too. And, 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 and yeah, that that's another conversation that maybe we could all have one day. It's just about our parasocial relationships with celebrities and the way that it's all fun and games until it's not until that, that person that feels a million miles away from you comes right up into your face. And, um, that, that's another thing that, you know, we don't have time to talk about, but that really, this experience really hammered that in for me is that we do not know these people. Um, we don't we don't know their hearts and what they're capable of. And uh, it's important uh, in order to protect ourselves to realize that we that our relationships with them only, you know, are only so real. Thank you, everybody, for your your peace and your heart in this. I appreciate it. And um, I know we could talk about this all day, or at least I know I could. We probably have better, more life-affirming things we want to do today as well. So again, thank you all. Um, Roddy, thank you for holding it down too. Appreciate you. Martin, thank you, bro, 
for setting this off. Yeah, th- thanks everybody. This was a really important conversation, and Christy, thank you so much for your vulnerability in this in this conversation. I know it's it's tough to tough to be vulnerable, so thank you very much, and thank you Stas and Yadi for participating. You know, y'all know that I I look up to all of y'all, so this was a pleasure for me. Thank you for hearing hearing me out. I really do appreciate it. Thanks again to Martin Douglas, Stas the Boss, DJ Yaddy, and Do Normal for joining this conversation. Shouts out to Roddy Nickpour for engineering and producing this piece. I'm Larry Mizell Jr., and I'm here every week, 50 Years of Hip Hop, from listener-powered KEXP, where the music matters. 